Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. To episode 76 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. Now, episode 76. 76, 1976, fantastic year in music. It's really the year that UK punk started to take off. Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols recorded in November. Spiral Scratch EP by Buzzcocks recorded in December 76, not released till the following year. But Great time, my one of my favourite times of music, love punk music. That's why I've got a, a little punky intro this time. And we've also got a nice song to end the show with as well, a, a punk classic from Scottish band The Exploited. So I'm your host, Michael McCall, and this is the part of the show where I always say, and here's my usual co-host, but we thought we'd kind of shake things up a little bit this week. So we decided to do a blind draw. That seems to be the order of the day, the flavour of the month. So we usually prefer to set the trends, but this time we'll maybe follow it. So we thought we'd have our own blind draw, but unlike MLS's two-team blind draw, we're going to have a three-envelope blind draw to select our co-host for this week. In one envelope, we have our usual and our favourite co-host, Steve Pander. In another envelope, we have the lovely Jodie Vance. And in the third envelope... We thought we'd kind of think a little bit out of the box, so we went for a tub of Bisto gravy granules. So let's see who's going to be the co-host. It's blind draw time. Let's just close my eyes, shuffle these envelopes about, and let's just pick one at random. Okay, right, let's have a look. Okay, well, here we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you for episode 76, our co-host for this episode, Tub of Bisto Gravy Granules. So, welcome to the show, Bisto. Yeah, that's, that's welcome. Glad to have you here as well. So, we'll be hearing a lot more from Bisto during the course of this show. But this is a, a very busy week in Whitecaps land because there's a massive game coming up on Saturday. And no matter how much some members of the media here have tried to get the Whitecaps players to say it's a must-win game, it isn't a must-win game against Portland, but it is a huge game. And it's a very important game and it's a one that the, the Whitecaps, 
if they can get three points from the Timbers on Saturday night, it's going to set them up so nicely for their, the playoff run-in. And it's not make or break because they would still have a game in hand on Portland if they lost. But if they can win this game, five points clear, game in hand, Colorado kind of falling off the scene a little bit as well. You have to think the Whitecaps are sitting pretty. But it's like a Cascadia derby. Anything can happen. So we're not going to count any chickens. There was a lot of confidence going into the LA game at the weekend and it just didn't really transpire on the pitch. Land Donovan's goal five minutes in kind of killed that stone dead. At one point, it did look like it was possibly going to be a bit of a hammering on the card. So at least the, the Whitecaps kind of staved that off and just had to settle for a 2-0 defeat. But I think we saw on Wednesday evening the way that LA kind of decimated DC United as well. Maybe it wasn't such a bad result after all. There were very few positives that, that we could take from the game at the StubHub Centre. Mauro Rosales made his Whitecaps debut coming on at the half for a very, very ineffectual Sebastian Fernandez. Uh, the two goals that we gave up, really sloppy after all the good work that had been done defensively with three straight clean sheets. Stephen Batesure in particular had a bit of a horror show. I mean, everyone was saying it was possibly his best game as a Whitecap the week before against Chivas. This game was just... just he was really poor, really slack marking. At fault for the two goals, Andy O'Brien as well maybe could have done better with it with the headed clearance that led to one of the goals as well. But they turned it around the second half, they knuckled down, they kept it down to a two-goal game. But basically they were never at the races, they never looked like they were going to find the score sheet. And that's been a concern now. There's three of the last four games, no goals for the Whitecaps. So the players were talking about that this week. They were asking whether it's... Just how far behind Ellie can you say the Whitecaps are? Was that a game that just showed that they're not really at the races? Various things like that. So let's hear a little bit of the audio from Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll hear from head coach Carl Robinson, David Oustex and a few others. Did that surprise you, disappoint you or confuse you? No. Maybe confound you because we all were expecting more than what we Yeah. Was. No, I don't think it did, no. Um, it was a game that I thought we could go there and win. Um, but it shows probably where we are realistically and honestly. I think we're just quite not there yet. You know, if you're competing with LA Galaxy, then you know you're going to compete with the top three places. And, you know, ideally at the start of the season, that's what we're talking about. But, you know, I knew all along we're probably not quite that ready yet. And I think Saturday's game was a perfect example of a, a very experienced team against a, a youthful team uh, and a game know-how, uh, which we probably haven't got yet. I want to ask you a two-part question. One is what everyone's asking about. You've been shut out three of the last four games. He's been service to Darren. He hasn't finished. We've seen him finish early on. Goal scoring is an issue right now. Secondly, you've said all year long it's a young team. Yeah. you got to be patient. When does the potential finally reveal itself? And, and, and when can't you use that anymore and say, hey, it's got to happen? Well, how long's a piece of string? That's the that's first uh, part to the second question. You know, I don't know when when players develop. You know, it's a it's an open-ended question, and I keep saying you got to be patient with them. But patience can last for two years. That's the reality of it. I'm not saying that. You know, these boys are. It's going to take two years. It might take two weeks. It might take two months. I said, but you can't expect them to go and do what Robbie Keane does overnight. And I think if you do, then you probably don't understand the game. So. Well, that's the part, the second part. So it's a work in progress, as I said all along, and we're in contention. 
And, uh, you know, I think everyone would have snapped their hand off at the start of the season to be in contention. And we played some super stuff at the start of the year. You know, we played some very good stuff recently without getting the results we want. And we haven't scored goals in three out of the last four games. And, you know, it is a concern. Um, but we get back to work and, you know, if you look at all league teams throughout the league, they go through periods of time where it doesn't go their way at the moment. It's not going our way. We're not scoring goals um, and it's something we need to address. You mentioned on Saturday and again today about the gap between yourselves yep. and the top teams. When you look at a team like LA who's got six homegrown guys in the books and experience and stuff, is that like the model you think all clubs should basically go for? I do, yeah. I do, maybe without the two four million pound players they've yeah. got, um, but they're the, they're the guys that make the difference. You know, I don't think there was too much in the game on the weekend. I thought we, bar in the first three minutes when we conceded, uh, the concentration levels we had probably weren't what they should have been. LA's were, um, and you got you know people up top that make a difference, and our guys up top didn't make a difference. Our front four players, so and and theirs did. You know, that's the reality of it. And, but I think if you're comparing us to LA, uh, we're not there yet. I think over the last three, four years, then LA, Salt Lake and Seattle have been in the top four positions of, of the Western Conference. And t- two of them, LA won it twice. Uh, Real Salt Lake have won it and Real Salt Lake lost on penalties last year. So, you know, we're not dealing with top teams in, in just in the conference. We're dealing with top teams in the league and we're young, we're growing. Uh, we want to get there. That's our aim to get there. But we're probably quite not there yet. And you're looking at teams that are doing well and then you've got some expectations of fans and some yeah. media here yeah. that you should be doing better than you are. Yeah. What, would, what would your message be to them about growing pains? Nah, listen, I, I, want to do a, I want to win every game, but the reality of this sport is you don't win every game. So, you know, we're working, I'm working as hard as I can with the group I've got. You know, I, I do want to try and add and change things up a little bit, but it might take time to do that. So, But I know there's a expectancy to win. Um, I'm able to handle that expectancy because I prefer to handle an expectancy of 20,000 rather than one of 3,000 you know and that's the reality of being at a big organisation and a big club that wants and demands wins and you know, I've got to deal with it. Carl said after the game that the team's not quite at the level of LA to, to be one of the top teams constantly in the West. How close do you think this team is to getting there and what do you think needs to get done to, to take them to that level that every year they're not fighting for the playoffs but the top spots? I think it's a maturity thing. Uh, we still have a young squad. Uh, looking at the LA squad, uh, a lot of good guys. Their starting eleven is, is uh, all consists of guys uh, proven in, in the MLS and, and some some guys who uh, who have played uh, a lot of games. Uh, we're still a young team. We still need to, to mature in that matter, and we still need to work hard. And uh, as long as the guys recognize that the hard work from from Monday to Friday is, is what will get us there, uh, I think we'll we'll be okay. Where is this team at in terms of competing with some of the upper echelon clubs? I mean, I think we were all expecting more in LA. I think you guys were expecting a lot more. But what does this team have left to prove to itself the rest of the way to try to get in a playoff position and maybe do something as opposed to just getting in? You know, I think you touched on last week's game. I think it was a, a good game in the aspect that it highlighted some of the things that we need to work on and uh, some of the things that are kind of letting us down. And so um, we are going to touch base on those things and try to work on those for uh, our playoff run, hopefully. you know. And getting into the playoffs, we need to be better. And that was a game that kind of helped us realize that we do. Yeah, where do you need to be better? What do you guys look at internally? Well, you, you look back at that game, it was a 2-0 loss. We didn't score any, and we let in two. So um, we need to be a little bit more organized defensively. Um, we watched some tape today. Um, we could have definitely prevented some of these goals. Um, and then on the off offensive end I think the final third uh, we're lacking that last pass or that that shot on goal you know um, at home things change and we're looking forward to that coming into Portland we play with a lot of confidence at home we just need to kind of 
transition that to games on the road. At a tough place, that was L.A. That was one of the toughest places to play in the league, I think. Jordan, you always hear about potential, you know, maturing as a team, youth and all the rest of it. I think it's okay to go with that for a certain while. When do you outgrow that and say, we got to get the job done? Enough of hearing about the potential, we know what we're capable of, and making it happen as opposed to saying, well, it'll come, it'll come, it has to come. You're absolutely right. You know, that's that's kind of what we're uh, dependent on. You know, we need some of those guys to step up, and obviously defensive-wise, we need to solidify some things in the back. But, um, you know, a lot of these young guys did get a lot of opportunities throughout the full portion, uh, beginning and middle of the season, and now we're down on the stretch, and, um, you know, we need everybody to step up at this point. So some interesting comments there. One, one of the things that kind of, I don't know why it surprised me, because I kind of should expect this, but just the reaction after the loss in LA from certain quarters, you would have thought that it was a game that the Whitecaps were going into with everyone expecting them to win. That was the week before in Chivas. That was the kind of game where you maybe could have had a hysterical outburst about things not going well. But some of the reaction after that LA loss, just I mean, it, it really, really surprised me. And some of the questioning that you heard there as well. It's just, as Carl said, if, if you're expecting the Whitecaps just now to be on a par with LA, then you don't understand the game. And I think that is the problem with a, a lot of the, the people covering the Whitecaps here at the moment. And a lot of the expectations of the fans who are maybe used to watching EPL on the TV or La Liga or Serie A, and they, they're just expecting instant success from teams. Now, it was made clear very, very much from the start that this was going to be a work-in-progress season for the Whitecaps. It's been a rebuilding year. I think people just need to remember, back in December and January, what a shambles things was looking on many fronts. We'd lost Camilo, we didn't have a manager for months, there was lots of things not happened. So, I mean, just now, for the Whitecaps, as, as Carol keeps saying, to be in contention is a fantastic thing. I mean, what's your thought on, on what that reaction was, Bisto? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Now... One of the things which was alluded to there is the continued concern over the lack of goals. And there's no getting away from that. I mean, I've had concerns about the lack of goals going back to about April. Um, just where were the goals going to come from? Unexpectedly, they came from Eric Hurtado, which is something that I didn't see coming. But now they've completely dried up from Eric Hurtado and he finds himself back on the bench. Now, people will know... Long-time listeners to this podcast will know that I've often been riding Matic back a lot for the last two years, and I still don't think he is what the Whitecaps need as a striker. But out of the four strikers that they have on their books just now, Matic is unfortunately the guy that we have to persevere with. Because yeah, he may miss 9, 10 more chances in a game, but out of all the strikers, he seems to be the only one that can actually get some finished. Kakuta Mani in the past would be a guy that I thought could maybe have done that. But this season, Kakuta has seemed a kind of shadow of his former self. The signs are there though. He's worked hard on his fitness and he's got back into the kind of shape that we need. And I'm hoping that we're going to see an end of the season from Manny like we got last year with his hat-trick in Seattle and then just the, the string of fine performances. So there's still time for him to do that. He's been working hard with Mauro Rosales this week. And from what we've already seen from Rosales coming here, it's going to be fantastic. I think it's kind of a mouth-watering proposition having Rosales going up the right, Pedro in the middle, and we just need somebody that's going to be able to finish. Now, one thing that was talked about at training was, is it possible 
that the reason that the finishing is not happening, that the goals are not coming, is that Carl Robinson needs to change the formation. It's something that Gary Kingston from The Sun asked about on Tuesday, so play a little bit of audio from that now. It's probably dangerous for, for with my limited soccer knowledge to talk formation, but um, when, when you're struggling to score goals, do yeah. you look at... At maybe switching. Yeah, yeah, and... I'll, I'll play a three-five-two on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you look at all avenues. You look at personnel. You look at a uh, tactical change as well. And I said it's you know from the formation that was playing at the start of the year where we were scoring lots of goals. Um, so you know it, may, it might not be the the formation. It might be, and that's something we, we have looked at and we might look at throughout the week. Um, but it depends on personnel as well. You know, personnel being in form, out of form, and personnel taking chances and not taking chances. When, when you have young guys up front, though, like they are, uh, it, would it sometimes work better to have twin strikers and let them kind of work off each other, or, or is that not a thought? Yeah, no, it would. Um, you know, we, we have toyed with the idea and we have played it once or twice this year. I think uh, longer term that might be the solution. Um, but, you know, if you play two up front, then, you know, where do you play Pedro? And, you know, Pedro's uh, been a very, very consistent performer for us this year. And, you know, you fit him in the team. And I think to get the best out of Pedro, you give him that free role like Portland do with Diego Valeri. So, you know, it's as easy as it might sound just playing two forwards. It's not as, as easy as you think it is. Um, you know, but there are options. You know, we, we, we try. I've tried at the start of the season to change formations in training, and I work with that, um, and I try it. And when I feel it's right, then I will do it. And that's not to say I won't change for this weekend or, or one of the games coming up. Further to that, do you, you, where would Mauro Rosales sort of fit in with, with that? I, right back. Right back? No. Right. <laughs> Darren, obviously the, the coach sets the formation, but I wonder sometimes if you feel like you might be a little better served in a two-striker Formation. Do you, do you sometimes think that might help you a little bit? Um, it doesn't matter. I think um, whichever formation um, we're playing, uh, I think once the guys are working really hard and, and for the team, I think we're going to get results. Obviously, we're going to win, so we're going to lose. Even so, it's it's working hard, learn from our mistake, and moving forward. Now, change the formation. I think is something that the Whitecaps could look at. Now, Carl said there, where would you play Pedro? Well, for me, if you're playing a four-four-two diamond, you're going to play Pedro right at the height of the diamond. Have Rosales on the right wing, maybe Russell Tybert playing on the left, or get Kofi on the left, uh, and then have Laba as your DM guy. The other thing, of course, which I would like to see, and we talked about this before the World Cup, it's one of my favourite formations, which is 3-5-2. We're not going to see that this year. It's something that Carol has tinkered about with in training, and I think it's something he would maybe like to experiment a little bit with next season and maybe in the off-season. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But something needs to happen to get some goals. And definitely the the addition of Rosales is something that is going to help with that. But it doesn't matter if Rosales and Morales and whoever else create all these chances if someone is not going to put them away. Now the Whitecaps are running out of time if they want to add another striker to their books before the roster freeze on September 15th. Now there has been some rumours that appeared from kind of nowhere this week about Kai Kamara. Now the former Sporting Kansas City striker has been released by Middlesbrough and he's looking for a new club just now. He has got a number of offers from clubs in Europe. According to Adam Jardy who was on Twitter today he said that Kamara has not discussed actively coming back to Major League Soccer. Mike Martinego from Team Radio had tweeted out yesterday that he had heard that Kamara wanted to go back to Sporting Kansas City and if he couldn't get back there, then the Whitecaps were were his second choice. 
Now, you have to remember, take that with a little bit of pinch of salt because Mike had also heard that Nigel Rio Coker was going to be leaving the team after the Seattle game in May. And unfortunately, that then just took weeks for that to actually happen. So maybe maybe Mike's hearing's not, not as good as it used to be. But certainly the addition of Kamara would be fantastic for the Whitecaps. I'm a big fan of the player. He's a guy that has done the business in MLS. He's done the business elsewhere. And you can just almost bank that he would be finishing the challenges that's created from Morales, Rosales, Fernandez, Tybert, whoever else that you want to throw in there. The chances will be created and Kamara is the kind of target guy that's going to actually finish those. So it would be exciting. Chances of it happening, I would say sadly slim. If he does want to come back to Major League Soccer, technically he can't go back to Kansas City because they received a transfer fee. But hey, this is MLS. They make rules up as they go along. Maybe there'll be a blind draw. Maybe there'll be some kind of exploding birthday cake. Maybe they'll play past the parcel. Who knows what's going to happen? If the Whitecaps wanted to get him and he went through the lottery, they're currently fourth in that. Columbus hold the number one spot. So the Whitecaps would have to give something up to, to get that spot from Columbus. Could be Darren Mathix, could be Eric Curtado, could be Christian Dean. If it goes that far. There's still time. Very apt, since we're talking about it on, there's still time. But if the Whitecaps can make this happen, I would urge them just to do everything possible to try and get Kai Kamara here. With the addition of Kai Kamara and Mauro Rosales, along with the talent that's already at the Whitecaps, I think that could be the difference maker. Not just for pushing the Whitecaps into the playoffs, which there's a really good chance that they are going to do now, but actually doing something in the playoffs. These are the kind of guys that can make the difference between a team that just gets there and a team that competes. Now to get to those playoffs, of course, one of the teams that's standing in their way is the Portland Timbers. And the Great Unwashed are coming up to BC Place on Saturday for an absolutely massive game. As it stands just now, the Whitecaps are in pole position. It's in their own hands. As we said at the start of the show, they're two points clear. A win on Saturday puts them five clear with a game in hand. Colorado are kind of dropping off all the time. It certainly looks like a shootout just now between Portland and Vancouver for that final playoff spot. If they can get it done on Saturday, I mean, it's just going to be such a boost for the team. Of course, that is a big if. The Whitecaps do seem to struggle against Portland on home soil, or should that be little black pellets? But I am a little bit confident for this. I think, I think they really can get something from this if they can convert the chances. I'm thinking it's going to be still tight. 2-1, 3-2 to the Whitecaps is what I'm thinking. Either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. So let's hear a little bit of audio now from training, just a, a bit of a build-up to the Portland game. We're going to hear from Kyle Robinson, David Ousted, Kakuta Mane, Jordan Harvey, Darren Mattix, and I think that's all, but who knows, there might be a few other folk thrown in there as well. So here's what the, the team were saying about Portland coming to town. We've talked a lot about kind of big occasions this year, and players like big occasions, coaches like big occasions. The Saturday's a pretty big one, isn't it? It's a massive game for us um, as an organisation. It's a it's against a rival who's competing for the, the playoff spot like us. Um, so it'll be a very big game. Uh, we beat them in their own backyard uh, early in the season, but we've got to make sure that we come with the same intensity and we've got to bounce back because it was a it was an OK performance on Saturday against LA, um, but I don't think we deserve to win. We've got to make sure on Saturday that we do deserve to win and we actually get the win. We'll play on the front foot. We'll have a go at them. I know, that I know Caleb very well. I know they'll have a go at us. Um, so it'll be a high-octane game full of passion, uh, tackles flying in um, and some good football as well and 
you know, it's important we're at home. We've got three big home games, but we take the first game at, uh, at one at a time, and it's a massive game for us. Yeah, I was going to say, can the one game make a difference, though? Of course it does, yeah. It's the next game. So the next game makes a difference. So um, it's, it's against uh, Portland, who are competing for our, sp our spot in the playoffs. So it's a massive game at the moment. How big, how big is Saturday? Um, really big. Um, Cascadia Cup rivalry. Other than that, closing the standings and um, uh, important points on the line. I look at Saturday, from the way I look at it, as make a break. You guys win five points up and maybe gain some momentum, but if you lose, then you're in trouble. Um, I don't agree with that. Uh, there's still nine games left after Saturday. Um, so I'll, I'll give you that. It's an important game, but uh, we can't afford to go in there and be tight. We can't afford to go in there and, and, and believe that this is the one that's going to put us into the playoff or not. This is another game. This is an important one. This is one we want to win. But uh, there's 10 games left, and we need to perform for 10 games. It doesn't matter if we perform for one and, and don't do it for nine. So it's, it's, it's about the next 10 games. Can you afford to get by playing the way that you are, not scoring goals? Well, if you don't score goals, you don't win games. Last I checked. Uh, so, uh, so no. But uh, again, I said it before, I think we've got the quality up there. I think uh, we need to focus on the little details. We, we need to, to put it in the back of the net, even in training here. And, and if we do that, we'll, we'll do that Saturday as well. So I still have a lot of confidence in the guys we have up front. Just looking at the game this weekend, obviously you got the rivalry and the playoff implications. Just you know, how excited are you guys to, to play that game? Um, Portland, you know, cascading rivalry. I mean, um, we're f we're fifth in the table. I think um, they're like s seventh. I think um, it's gonna be a good game. You know, they're they're gonna be pumped up for the game. I think um, we both came off um, disappointing last losses um on the weekend. But I think um, come this week, I think it's gonna be a great game. And just what's the obviously they're a team you guys know well. Just what's the key to getting a result against that team? Um, I think home advantage for us. Um, I think we're. Pretty good at home. I think we need to get back to what we've been doing um, against, for example, um, Kansas City, where we worked really hard um, offensive and defensively. As professionals, these are the games you kind of look forward to, either with Portland, the rivalry, the playoff implications. Absolutely, um, they're a good team, and uh, you know this Cascadia rivalry is, uh, I think, the best in the league um, throughout these three teams in the Pacific Northwest, and it's always a game you look forward to. Just knowing the implications of this game in the playoff race, uh, does that kind of change the way you guys approach things at all? No, it's always a, a hard-fought game, um, like you said, a, a rival, and it's always going to be played with the utmost intensity. So it doesn't change anything, um, but there is a little bit more in the back of your head with, uh, like you said, playoff implications. Yeah, how much is added importance to it, Jordan, when you, when you look at where you could be after this? The fact that you're playing at home, you can go on a bit of a run, maybe get some separation, solidifying spot. I mean, I know there's the Cascadia Cup rivalry, but when you look at the big picture, it's a pretty big picture. Absolutely. You know, we want to win that Cascadia Cup first um, with this game. That, that rivalry is huge. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make the playoffs. And uh, separating yourselves from teams like Portland or Colorado um, are huge. And this is a chance to do that. Touchdown on there, but obviously Portland's a team you know well. Is what's the key to kind of getting a result against, against that team? You know, we're at home. I think it's a lot of focus on us. Um, we need to come in with a lot of confidence. We're happy to be back at home after uh, two weeks away um, in L.A. And, you know, I think guys are upbeat right now uh, despite, you know, a tough loss last week. And uh, we're looking forward to this Portland game. Do you, this time of year, I mean, all year you think about playoffs, but is it getting to the time of year where you, you put extra thought into, like, how important, like, this match, you can put a little room between you and Portland or 
Portland could also leapfrog over you into that final playoff spot. Well, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, everybody's fighting for the playoff spot, but I think uh, we're not going to change anything. I mean, I feel like our preparation has been uh, the same ever since, and it's just coach said we're not going to change everything, anything. And we've been doing everything right, and it's just we've been unlucky with some of the results that we had, but uh, it's just going to be the same. Prepare for how we, uh, we've been preparing and just uh, get to the game in Portland. But we definitely want to win that game, and uh, it's a huge game for us. I know playoffs are often a lot of the season, that's the goal. But this time of year when it's getting tighter and you're getting near the end of schedule, do you look a little more at the standings? Do these games take on a little more, like this game particularly, Saturday? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously with the games uh, running short now, I think there's uh, 30 points available. Um, and the goal is to get as many of them 30 as possible. And, um, you know, there's a process to that, and that's uh, the Portland at the weekend. Obviously, this is a game that you can distance yourself a little bit from Portland or they can get in front of you. Yeah, very much so. I think um, uh, one thing I would state is, though, uh, regardless of the result, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, uh, you know, hope, uh, hopefully we get the result that we, we want. Um, but like I say, there's, it's, the season isn't over then. I mean, we don't win anything for winning that game. Um, other than, you know, getting three points, which are important, but there's a long process after that to, to attain our goal of getting in the playoffs. Definitely going to be a fantastic match at BC Place on Saturday night. I mean, I've given my prediction of 2-1 or 3-2 for the Whitecaps. So, Bisto, what's your prediction for the game? Oh, OK. Well, a two-all draw is very, very possible. We have our fair share of those between the two teams at the time. I hope you're being a little bit pessimistic, though. You're definitely being a lot more pessimistic than my usual co-host Steve, anyway. So as we said, a big, big game coming up for the White Caps. Green and white hordes of unwashed will be, be hitting BC Place on Saturday night. And it's a game that's going to have massive implications on the Western Conference playoff race. And let's just hope they can do it. Before we head off, um, let's just let everyone know where we can find you online. So Bisto, where can we find you online? Okay, definitely make sure to check him out because he's got a lot more insightful comments like that online as well. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all my stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News. And you can get there, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for all my stuff in that. So Cascadia Cup games are always magical. This Saturday's game between the Timbers and the Whitecaps is going to be no different. We're certainly looking forward to it. It's, I think, the game I've looked forward to most so far this season. I think it's going to be a cracker. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be one for the neutrals. Could be a little bit nerve-wracking and edge-of-the-seat stuff as well if you're a Whitecaps fan. So until next time, thanks for listening. Mon the Caps. And let's play it out with a little bit of Scottish punk from The Exploited. I think they have a very good message for everyone at the Whitecaps, all the players, as to what they need to do against the Timbers on Saturday. Bye, everyone.